iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome back. This is The Ruck. We have three World Cup winners on the show today. And in that respect, there are no prizes for guessing which of us is the odd one out. I'm Owen Slot. I remain the 1983 Dorking Under-16 tennis champion, a triumph that I feel obliged to flourish were anyone to doubt my credentials when it comes to discussing a high-level sport at a top table that includes, say, Michael Liner, Sarah Hunter and Lawrence Delalio. Yes, this is indeed our August panel today. Jo- Sarah will be joining us, big campaign on the phone like last week. Uh, Michael is back because we love having him on this show. <laughs> And let's face it, we probably need a strong Antipodean accent to stop the Swing Low Brigade getting too carried away. And Lawrence is here making his Ruck debut, which is just brilliant. Lawrence, there's a cat-presenting ceremony afterwards. And like all debutantes, you have to sing a song on the tube home afterwards. So we look forward to that. Lawrence, great to have you here. Less than 24 hours since England Wallet, France 44-8. How are you feeling today? Well, a big smile on my face. I mean, it's it's been an amazing uh, performance, an extraordinary couple of weeks, really, in Dublin and, and then Twickenham. I guess I, I, I sort of questioned whether we'd seen England's best performance of the championship in Dublin because I didn't think they were capable of necessarily repeating that level of performance. And by that, I mean the 80-minute performance that, yeah. that we've seen for, under Eddie Jones. And, and obviously because of the quality of the opposition that, that Ireland were. But... Um, you know, Eddie Jones talked in the build-up about, you know, he felt that, that actually that they've, they've reset, they've, they've brought themselves back down to earth after that wonderful win in Dublin and, and that they can play better than they actually played in Dublin. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about life. Um, you know, Eddie Jones seems to have his mojo back. Um, it's been a tactical masterclass in, in, uh, in both games. Um, you know, very different tactics, but, uh, you know, executed superbly by his team. And... Uh, England are very much back at the top table and dining, uh, you know, uh, and enjoying it. Yeah, I think that's a key point, Lawrence. That you know, the, the two victories so far have been very different tactically, yeah. but brilliantly devised and then implemented by, um, the, you know, devised by the coaching staff probably and the leading players, but also then implemented beautifully on yeah. the pitch. I mean, literally, you know, score a try in the opening two minutes. You know, yeah. this one on Sunday was it within a minute. You know, it's fantastic and it just set up the whole thing, but very different in the way they did their tactics and really exposed the French back three um, and and took them apart. And then Johnny May scoring three purely because of that. I mean, I, I think, you know, to Michael's point, what's been so different about England is that they've come out of the blocks fast mm. in both games. One of the things, even when England were on a big run under Eddie Jones, where they won 
22 out of 23 games, there was always this nagging worry for me that they were slow starters. Yeah, you know, they yeah. waited for the opposition to come at them. Mm. And um, you can't do that in international no. rugby, not against the very best. And it cost them victories in, in Paris. It cost them last year in, in uh, against Ireland and, and, uh, and against Scotland particularly. But, you know, what a difference it's made. I'm not sure what's happened, but... It's almost like England are setting the agenda. Yeah. This is the way this game's going to go. <clears throat> and this is the way we're going to play you. And you like it or leave it. And mm. both teams so far, particularly the French on Saturday, they stayed with it for about 20 minutes. And then yeah. actually there was only ever one winner. I it mean, really there, was. There, there, there was a... You know, we, we saw which France are going to turn up. Mm. Well, we knew exactly which France is going to turn up. They're fragile. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. you, you could, if you throw away a 16-point lead, you know, with inexperienced players in your side, you're going to arrive at Twickenham pretty fragile, especially mm. after England's performance. But it's up to England to expose that fragility, and, and boy, did they do it! In, yeah, in, in, I think France are in a real mess because you know the the first te- game they had they against Wales. You know they played well in the first half; it looked yeah, good, yeah. and they had these young guys in the centres and you know <coughs> playing well on the backs, etc. And then they lose that game, and then they panic as usual, and they bring back Bastereau into the centre. I just felt that sent a signal to England that just, and then they picked three back three all out of position yeah. the player test at Twickenham it's just it just smelt of desperation trying to find well, something that well, might work well, I mean, I, rather I, than some sort of real plan that, that might over you know so like we, we, I, don't, I don't know where the logic is I mean there isn't there is logic no, I mean you no. know they beat England in Paris last year and only six of that team were in the 23 this year mm-hmm. so I don't know how how do you get any continuity how do you you, you know they keep chopping and changing their side they've got such a high turnover of players um, I can't remember the last halfback combination that played more than two games consecutively. You know, mm. they think that the whole of that they think the nine is the king when mm. the, the rest of world rugby realizes that the ten is the king, uh, and always will be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and let's just let's just uh, uh, point this out that Lawrence is is almost on his knees to Michael at the moment. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> and rather than barrowing me into touch or something like that. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, they, they are minimum stone overweight up front yeah, I mean yeah. you know if you're going to pick big guys like that then you have to have an impact in the first 10 or 15 minutes otherwise what's the point the rest of the world is playing a totally different game mm. than the French and Correct. this kind of alpha male you know top 14 stuff where, they, where it's just stop start and just big bulldozing hits is, is not going to win you anything, anything at no. international level no. and they, so, need, so they need to lose some weight no, no, <laughs> okay. no Jonesy here today but, but on that point he, his Piece in the in the Times today, so, so kind of us to, him, of him to join us in the in the Times. Yeah, well, he had, Sunday, to, he had so. to write on a Sunday, so he needs the day off on the Monday, <laughs> yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. No, he's feeling it, the poor boy. No, but no. Anyway, so this is Jonesy on France. He says France did not exist. There is no basis on which to work, no core anywhere in the team. They were battered, embarrassed, rubbish, cowed, disorganised, dismal. Apart they, from that, <laughs> they may as well not have turned, not have come. Yeah, um, and that was the nice bits he said about them. So mm. I mean. Well, they had a collective, they failed collective, you know, HIA, didn't they? Heart assessment, (laughs) because, you know, you could tell the minute the the first couple of high kicks went up, and Uge, again, tactically, you know, England felt that was was soft. Why they don't pick Ramos at fullback, I do not know, Mm. but they go with Uge. But that's that's kind of why they're, one one of the many reasons why they're in the hole that they're in is because they see this new generation of young kids and they think, well, we, we need to get some talent in. But if you're struggling and you're going to go 16, you're going to lose 16 <coughs> leads and concede early tries, then then inexperienced 20 year olds aren't going to aren't going to win you. Yeah, well, and then the key there is spot. inexperience. You know, just yeah. because they won a World Cup a year or two ago, yeah. they think that's the answer. Yeah. But they're still going to have a system at home where those guys 
get experience playing rugby at a at a pace mm. international level in France a a lot of them you know are battling positions with uh, international foreign players that come in and b the pace of French rugby is nowhere near what England play yeah. at and the rest of the world as Lawrence said so they're you know they're expected to find their feet in international rugby as young 21 year olds in at Twickenham you can't do it and, <laughs> and they're all out of position as yeah. well so <laughs> it's just um I think it's, it's a system that is not working at the moment and you know just to put your pin your hopes on a 20 year old um, because he did well at underage level is not the answer they, they, they've, they've lost 16 of the last 20 test matches mm. you know that is not oh we don't know which France are going to turn up we do know which France which yeah. is just a very poor side at the moment I mean uh, most of us, I've, I've got a 50-50 record against France, you know, won mm. one, one six, lost six, you know, which is, I'm not terribly proud of, but, yeah. you know, they were a very... Well, you, you can talk about w- it here if you like, they, and if they you want to, you know... In this small room, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I can get something off my chest, but yeah. they, they were a very worthy opponent, you know, yeah. in, those, in those days. Dimitri Yashvili, who was with us um, commentating yesterday, described it, he said, you know, we're driving a car and, and you guys are driving a Formula One car. It's just mm. a completely different sport. Well, while that uh, allows England to dominate, etc., I mean, just on France, that doesn't make anyone in rugby happy, does no. it? I mean, I, I find, I thought it was, it was a bit sad, really. Yeah. I mean, you could admire yeah. what England were doing yesterday, but uh, France and the Six Nations have got to be one of the key players. Yeah, in world rugby, they've got to be one of the key yeah, players. It's like cricket, you know, with West Indies. The West Indies are going, well, everybody's happy, you know, in the cricket world. And same with France. Yeah. I mean, while they're really tough opponents when we used to run around yeah. I mean they were really really scary people um, <laughs> and they were good and they had lovely backs And but now it's just sad I think they're they're playing a game that's sort of out of date and it reflects reflected in their club competition and it is sad and they need to to do something about it and do something pretty soon. I mean, that's coming from an Australian. We, we've probably got the similar record to the French over the last couple of years, but at least we're trying to play at different pace. Yeah, that said, we don't need them to hurry up too quickly because there's a small matter of England playing France in the, uh, in the yeah. last pool game in, yeah. in Japan. Yeah, they can do it after that. They can do it after that, but, you know, we, we, we have to pay credit to, to the way that, yes, they were fragile, yes, they were there for the taking, but England ruthlessly exposed them like literally within a minute didn't they yeah. I mean they yep. just went for it they recognised yeah. we're playing against the, 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 I think the biggest pack that's probably been picked for quite some time so let's run them around let's turn them with the kicks in behind so many kicks out of hand yesterday from England oh yeah but if you go if you're France and you go into the game saying you've got to slow it down because we're big and that's your game plan slow it down and try and batter an opposition they're all physical these days. They're going to be able to put up with the big French forwards. And they just played it at such a pace. It blew French away. They, you yeah. know, 25 minutes into the game, they were yeah. gone. So, Michael, us, Lawrence, like, like myself in the largely English media, I don't count myself as English media, but, but we are English-based media. Mm. Um, we Two games like that, and, and our job is to put that in context. And, and I'm, I for one, am very aware of of getting too carried away, mm. and, and especially Celtic readers absolutely detest us if if uh, <laughs> if we commentators get too carried away yeah. with England. I think we're England fans. Um, can, can you give that those two games some context? You know, how, how positive should an England fan be after seeing very, the last two? Very, very positive. I think they've been very impressive performances, and you know. A good sign is that you've got a lot of depth there. England have got so many players to pick from and Eddie's got together a squad. So, for example, Maro Toji doesn't play this week. Hardly noticed he wasn't there. I mean, that's a world-class player, a fantastic yeah. player. 
Blanchbury comes in, then you've got Cruz sitting there, and Laws. You well, know, how good Laws was, how good was he yesterday? Laws, Laws I thought, was amazing. I thought he was close to man of the match, really. He was yeah. just so good. And he just came in for Maro, and just it was no different. <laughs> I, I had to give it to Johnny May, by the way. Yeah, okay. no, no, he had, he You're had, talking to the man he, of the match he, order. He, he, had, <laughs> no, he, he had one hand on the trophy in Dublin last yeah, week, and I, I cannot believe he didn't get it last no. week because he was magnificent. And you yeah. know, you can't score a hat trick at Twickenham against no. the French no, and not get it. But Laws' little cam- well, little cameo, the sort of 25 minutes oh. he had against uh, Ireland yeah, it was oh, brilliant as well wow. I mean he really well, made an impact and, and I think to Michael's point the context we can put around it is that when, it, when England have got all their players players yeah. fit you know, they. I think we've almost. It's been such a long time since that, that Eddie Jones has been able to pick from virtually a full strength team. There's still one or two missing. That we've forgotten how good they are. Yeah. You know, this is a team yeah. that went on a run of 22 out of 23 mm. Test matches, equaled the world record with yeah. New Zealand. And, and because of the last 12 months, we've kind of forgotten all of that. Yeah. And I, well, before the Dublin game, I looked at the team sheet and I thought, wow. That is a really strong side, mm. particularly up front. You know, there's six British and Irish lines in the pack alone yeah. before you even go to Owen Farrell and Daly, etc. And, you know, you, I think the, the thing that's impressed me is, you, you know, the, the performance and the quality of it in Ireland. But then, you know, when they, there's one thing saying, oh, we've, our feet are on the floor and we've reset, but they did it really well in, in the space of a few days. Maybe because they, they had such a quick turnaround, they didn't have time to think about it. Yeah, I, th- I just think it's been very, very impressive. And you can think of the guys that are not out there at yeah. the moment. And that's what Ireland last year, you know, in the last couple of years, they've developed the really good young people that are coming through. For example, Sexton, a year ago, we were saying, oh, my God, if he falls over, Ireland mm. are in trouble. Carberry's come through. They've moved him to, to um, yeah. Munster to play more rugby. He's come through. And actually, when he came on on Saturday... It was pretty impressive. And England have got that in spades. You know, you've got Cock and Receiver and Tio to come back into that back line if they want a bit more size rather uh, than pace. You, Eddie you know. is just chomping at the bit to get yeah. Cock and Receiver well, on. And, and, he, and rightly so. I mean, but where? <laughs> he, he genuinely looks like he's got his, his, his head right in the, in, yep. in the right place. I mean, as a, as a coach, you know, and, and as a coaching team, you know, they are, they're right on it at the moment. And mm. you've got to give them an enormous amount of credit. And, do, yeah. you know, a lot of us... Um, well, a lot of the media questioned the appointment of John Mitchell. Uh, Listen, yeah. me in particular, and, I wrote an entire yeah. column on it. Thinking, and know, I, wrote, I wrote a yeah, column last week undoing it. Yeah, a yeah. bit of a mea culpa. Well done, Owen. It was yeah. good to see that. And yeah. I, I guess we'd forgotten maybe, and, and we probably needed reminding that this is a, a coach yeah. who is, understands English rugby because he's, he's coached at mm. uh, you know Sale and Wasps, etc. He's coached with, with England before. Yeah. albeit a, a, a generation ago but he's climbed to the very top of New Zealand rugby and coached them and you know you could argue he was only a couple of games away from, uh, from I mean New Zealand were always a couple of games away from winning a World Cup but mm. you know he didn't do a lot wrong yeah. um, so his influence is you know along with Eddie Jones is really starting to, to come through I mean I, I dare say that first line out over the top in Dublin had his hands all over it really yeah. Yeah. and also you know Scott Wiseman, Scott Wiseman you know he's got the, he brings in this sort of eccentric mad sort of side and then you've got did you know Scott through through Australia he's he's a great thinker of the game and you know a little bit out of the box as well but if you put jigsaw puzzles together you've got people that think about the game and you know Scott might come up with something that's quite wow that's out of the box but can we actually do it you know on the field and Mm. so you've got these good sort of different sort of levers being pulled and it just seems to all work but isn't it you know a year is a big time difference and you know a lot of times that you know Eddie might have you know, been out of a job after the sort of run he had last year, but they've stuck with him, and now he's come through it. And boy, they're in a good place. You know, and, and in adversity, some some good yeah. things have come. You know, they found some real gems in there. I mean, you know, Mark Wilson, 
has played unbelievably well. He would never have got a chance to play in an England shirt had there not been so many injuries. Yeah, yeah. a couple of the yeah. front rowers as well. Yeah. That, you know, Moon and those sort of guys have come through. And you know, he's been been magnificent. I mean, the, you know, there's there's opportunities. I'm sure in the rest. Of the, the the only the only blot I could think was why you know was was maybe he could have brought Dan Robson on. 10, <laughs> 10, 10 minutes I, earlier but I was looking at my watch going this is just cruel yeah, isn't yeah, it yeah, yeah, was, yeah. I mean you know but, 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 but then again you know Ben Youngs has was, was, well. been an amazing player because he's playing so badly before the that's tournament that's what I was going to say that, that is another tribute to the coaching staff yeah. isn't it because he comes from bit playing like a drain at Leicester for yeah. a few weeks and mm. all of a sudden he puts on his England shirt yeah. And, mm. and, and magnificent. I mean, against yeah. uh, you know both games, um, yeah. and that takes some doing when you're coming in with no form. And, and also the opposite was sort of a, a, a bit the form last year. Saracens players would play with great club form. Mm. Cut, come into England, and you think, oh, England are fine because they got this, you know, the, the yeah. Saracens army, and mm. suddenly they would be brought, brought dragged down a level. Yeah, one of the, I guess one of the keys that here is also is, you know, we're talking about this this sort of uh, campaign being able to pick from the vast majority of the players available for an England squad so the key between sort of when the Six Nations finish and the World Cup is you know how they look after the players that go back to club mm. you know that and hopefully you know there's not much more you can do they're going to be playing rugby every weekend at a pretty high level you know if they get through that then England are in a good yeah. good good spot. Michael I, I really want to ask you about the um, the England uh, tactics or f- the four mm. the, the the that darting prodding uh, kick that Johnny May finished off three times but they used that quite a lot against Ireland as well yeah. so so in the times before the six nations we 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 asked George Ford what would be the a tactical innovation coming into the six nations and um uh, we probably should have put it on our front page now but this is what George Ford said to us he said I think the kicking game is going to be used a lot more mm. I don't only mean getting out of your own half I mean when teams are putting 13 something, sometimes 14 mm. men in the line leaving one at the back you can be there all day long but if you've got all that space in the backfield to try to manipulate space and attacking mm. kicks then you have a great opportunity so yeah, it's exactly so that. England did that brilliantly so my, so my question to you is it's not the first time that that tens or nines or, 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 or smart kickers have, have worked out that that kick can work, but I've never seen another team do it so relentlessly. And, and it's come in the age of of this blanket um, mm. rush defence. So, do you, do you see that as a tactical innovation, or do you think yeah. that well, teams will a, change now, or is it just a, an accentuation of, of, of what we've seen before? It's not exactly. A, it's a it's a tactical um, awareness of what's going on. And, you know, over so many years, we've it's all been about possession. And, you know, we've seen 18, 19 phases in a row, one out, one out, one out. So, and England have been guilty as anybody else over that as well, when you've got all these big ball runners. So the opposition just line up and yeah. mark you up and tackle you. So particularly on the weekend, though, when you pick three players that are out of position, at you know, uh, wingers and uh, fullbacks for France, you know, there's the option. France are going to come up and try and smack England and be physical, and there's spaces in behind... As good as your kick and your chases, and the and the kicks were brilliant, and the chase Johnny May just outpaced everyone, mm. to, made them turn around. So, it's actually and now, everybody will be aware that that's England's mm. tactics. So they'll be leaving them back, yeah. well, and so, that's so, where it creates space. So, so for already, them. already have, have they won some? Well, they made a small win yeah. against Wales I th- I in a fortnight's time. Yeah, we yeah, had a guy. Exactly. We had a guy called Dave Allred in 2003 who worked tirelessly with all the backs 
um, and one or two of the forwards, but let's be honest, all the backs on their kicking game. And it wasn't just, you know, the nines and the tens. It was, you know, we called it the forward pass because that's exactly what it was. Uh, it was interesting, Johnny Wilkinson making reference to it yesterday. Uh, now, clearly, Eddie Jones had targeted not just turning the French pack, who, mm. when they're gargantuan, you know, the last thing they want to do is have to run back to, mm. you know, to, to chase kicks. But yeah. it's just that ability to, to actually kick and score. Um, and you look at the England's back line, you've got Henry Slade, Chris Ashton, Elliot Daly, George Ford, Owen Farrell, Ben Youngs, you know, they're right. all incredibly good kickers. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. The, the, num- so the number of footballers who can put in yeah, that yeah. sort of a kick yeah. is... And what it does do is it creates doubt in the opposition. So if the ball's continually going behind you when you rush up, <clears> you're going to come up slower next time or you're going to leave people back. And that's when they use the ball. Yeah. So it actually creates doubt in the opposition's and mind, yeah? There's so much more kicking just generally in the game of rugby. You know, when... when when you look at scrums, you know you, you can get a penalty, but can easily go the other way. You know, when you look at the breakdown, you know you can you, you can win the mm. win the ruck, but you know equally you can get penalised. But the contest in the air now is is the thing in rugby. Mm. Um, you know because you know that's the thing. The restarts off kickoffs and the contest in the air is the thing that people don't. Yeah. They underestimate, you know, and look at it. I mean, it's brought Ireland to the very top of, of international rugby. Mm, Not yeah. just that, but yeah. it's been one of the key things. And the last couple of weeks, England have just got, they've nailed it. You know, the, the, mm. the aerial battle is so mm. important. And in, in Dublin yeah. and Twickenham yesterday, they, they constantly put Uge under pressure. It's not just the kicks through. They've won the aerial battle. Yeah, and you mentioned Dave Aldred there. He's out in the sunshine of Queensland at the moment, been working with the Queensland Reds. So, England, to terrific start. I'm writing this in my column in the Times, actually, but two weeks ago we were saying this could be one of the great Six Nations, most competitive Six Nations. Four or five teams could maybe win it. And now I'm looking at going, actually, only one team's really played well. Would you, would you agree? Um, is that harsh? Just going back a week now to... Um, I think in, in, in yeah. terms of a complete 80-minute 80 80 minute yes. performances, which yes. is what you're looking for, England have put two 9 out of 10s out, yes. out there, haven't they, yeah. really? And very few sides have done that. I mean, Ireland was a bit stuttering against Scotland, and mm. Scotland a bit stuttering against Italy. Wales um, won two games, but not playing well, which is actually... You know, they played well in the second half against the French, but once again it was against the French, wasn't it? So... Mm, I think you're right. I mean, England, uh, before the tour- before the tournament started, you know, Ireland were favourites. Wales mm. talking themselves up quite rightly. They're, they're on a run where they have their their best ever run, and consecutive mm. wins. Yeah. So, you know, they're they're finding ways to win games regardless of the way they play. When you looked yeah. at England's fixtures, you know, I mean, obviously the momentum is is the word that everyone talks about. And if you win that first game, three home games is mm. and only two away, albeit only to the two hardest places potentially yeah. for England to go so if they if they do go on and win the championship or do anything even better than that then they will have done it the hard way because to win in Dublin I think is is was so, so such a t- tough assignment given where they come from but you look what happened to Ireland last year you know that you get that last minute drop goal against the French and, and then everything is laid out before yeah. you yeah and, and so as you say, Wales two wins, not not any, not, 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 not a single performance to, no. to to show off about, not hitting their straps. But but I just on, I just on that, I, I just wonder whether Warren Gatlin in hindsight probably made too many changes. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's I know what he's thinking. If they beat England, who cares? You know, no one will be thinking about you know the fact that it was a scrappy game. They didn't get a bonus point yeah. against Italy. Do we have any idea what Wales will be like though? I mean, what one thing we know is that is that they'll be. Pumped up to the eyeballs, they'll be you know more more fired up for this game clearly than the other two. 
Um, the motivation won't be a problem, but, but they haven't stuck out a good performance yet. So do, do you expect that just to happen because it's England and, and everyone cares so much? Yeah, sometimes you can be too pumped up and rely on that too much. I yeah. know it's a big thing, but you know, particularly in the backs where there's a lot of sort of you know, more you know, fine motor skills and stuff like that. But it's going to be intimidating for England. But I just think England have got it answered no matter where. Why, I can't, I mean, I can't see sort of an area where Wales is, you know, going to potentially get on top of England at the moment. Yeah. I just can't see it. I think, it, it, you know, they've, they've got, uh, at, the mo- at the moment, in, in the two games that, that, that they've played thus far against, you know, two big opponents, that emotionally they've, they've been in the right place. You know, you can win and lose a game of rugby before a ball's been kicked, mm. you know, if your head's not right and, you know, but if they come out the blocks the way they have done you know it's going to take a very very good side to beat them mm. because they've got some outstanding quality in that in that team um, and it will be tough you know make no mistake away mm. from home in the six nations is although this, this championship seems to be rewriting all of that because the people are picking oh, no. up away wins but it, you know it'll, it'll be tough and uh, I just think psychologically it's a, it's a huge game for, for both sides because uh, you know of what's at stake not just for the championship but for the rest of the year mm. Yeah, well, as you say, Wales have been saying we, we, with 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 the unfancied team, or we've we've come up on the blind side. Yeah, no one's really noticed us. They've just been doing it quietly, <coughs> haven't they? The yeah. Autumn International. Well, the last two games have helped them do it quietly because yeah. you know pe- people aren't really rating them. But no. I mean, how many times have England gone to to Cardiff and and been surprised? And yeah. you know they, they shouldn't be surprised. They well, there's there's, there's quality in that in that yeah, in that squad. Cool. I mean. Mm. You know, if Warren Gatland picks an entire team of back row forwards, they're, you know, they're going to be outstanding, aren't they? Really? <laughs> well, e- even with a number of them injured. Yeah. They've got some real, you know, real, real quality. And they, mm. they've gone about their business, you know, in the, in the, in the summer um, by trying to find that depth in their, in their mm. squad, you know, adding, you know, new players and, and just trying to find that tier below what they know is their best 15. And, mm. and if, you know, if some of them, if they're all fully fit, then, you know, they're a seriously worthy opponent that can trouble anyone. Mm. On Italy, so with, with your um, deep connections and affection for Italy, what, so well, Lawrence has got a bit yeah. of connection well, as well. But yeah. it's, well, it's a sadness. Do you really, Lawrence? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we've got the most Italian panel ever in this yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so after the game uh, in um, Conor O'Shea's press conference, uh, one of the journalists said, "Oh, um, but he he was talking up how it would have been a, a good performance, a good performance for Italy, but a disappointing result at the end." And, mm. and one of the journalists said, "Well, actually, Wales were pretty bad for Wales," and he was he was uh, he was pretty un, un- enamoured with the with the question. He thought it was a bit disrespectful, and, and he basically said, "Listen, every, every time that we do anything good in in Italy, someone just says, oh, it's because the, the opposition, opposition weren't, yeah. weren't weren't any good.'" So I, I just put it out there. Well, wh- where are they? You know, they have this awful run of nineteen defeats in the mm. Six Nations uh, consecutively. Uh, the the world rugby is talking about this world league and possible mm. a promotion relegation from the Six Nations. Um, so, so, do you feel that, that Italy is still on on the rise, or do do you think we just say this every year and, and w- without really believing it? I think if you go down a level, um, the performances of um, Treviso and uh, the Zebra, uh, you know, is quite promising this year. Yeah, um, in it, Pro it, Fourteen, they've yes, been better. Haven't yes, they? and they've you know, I think um, I think Treviso is second in their pool, so you're at second or third, so they're going along reasonably well there. And what I think Connor's done pretty well is he's finally got sort of the clubs 
and the Federation at least talking to one another and you know trying to do things together a little bit more. So I thought in, I thought Italy played pretty well on Saturday, and you know our oh, Wales were poor. Well, actually, you know that might be the case, but Italy actually put a lot put them under a lot of pressure. Wales made mistakes, and Italy made a lot of breaks against both. Um, Wales and Scotland the week before. Yeah. I thought they played in parts against Scotland quite well. Um, so, look, I, it, it's a tough one, but they've got to come. They've got to start winning. It's all, it's all very well to say, oh, we played all right for sixty minutes, and our depth is not this, or the referee was against us, or whatever it is, mm. and the opposition were poor. Whenever we do something good, it, it's it's only turns around when you start getting results, and it's going to be another difficult year for Italy, I think. But at least. Underneath the international team, there's some good young players there. Um, they're going okay at club level, um, so hopefully that will filter through. But they've got a terrible pool once again at World Cup, and uh, the Six Nations not looking good for them. Mm. It's a tough, it's yeah. a tough world for them. It is. I think Conor O'Shea is trying to do something different with the Italian team. They, they only have three players in their Six Nations squad that play their rugby outside of Italy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a big shift from mm. where they were last year or the year before or mm. and under previous regimes. Um, they're trying to build an identity within Treviso and Zebra. Um, you know, rather than having their their stars globe trotting around and, and not really having that control over their fitness and their and and where they play, which positions they play, etc. So, we're not we're not starting to see that filter right up to the very top. We're starting to see it at, at, in the European Cup and in the um, Pro, Pro fourteen. Pro yeah. fourteen. So it keeps changing name. I can't yeah. remember. <laughs> in, the, in the top Pro, fourteen, top twelve, 12 14, fourteen. But no, yeah. we're starting to see that come through. And I think if we're patient enough. It, it will be a matter of time before it before it starts mm. to hit up to international level because he is fundamentally do, trying to do something very different from any previous coach. So Ireland and, and Scotland, the, the, who had this unsatisfactory uh, game at the weekend mm. when Scotland started brightly, but Ireland eventually sort of controlled it. Mm. Do, <clears throat> do you do you see those teams uh, the, the 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 pressure sort of off in a way because they they, they they've both been disappointed with what they've done. Do, do you mm. think that they'll get stronger through the championship now? Um, well, I'm sure, Michael. I mean, the, the thing is, when you lose your first game, you can't. You know, mm. you, you go into the championship with uh, only winning it is is a success for Ireland and and for Scotland. So, yeah. if you lose, you know, for Ireland, if you lose your first game, there's a mm. massive sense of disappointment, particularly when you lose it to England in the manner that they did. So, yeah. I, I thought that actually, they, you know, it, given the way that they were beaten. Um, I thought that they did okay to come back from that. Yeah. I mean, it's probably because the last time that Irish team went to Murrayfield, they got walloped. <laughs> yes, they did. Yeah. And, and I think that that was probably also at the back of their minds. And they were probably thinking, you know, we owe these guys one. And you could see there's a little bit of niggle there yeah. in that game that, that sort of, you know, they remembered that. And I was got this. I, I was talking to Brian O'Driscoll after the England game. We were thinking about, you know, what was what's going to happen to um, to Ireland at Murrayfield, and he said. Scotland will probably, you know, try and play from too deep and try and do things in the manner that Greg has got them playing. Yeah. Um, and Ireland just tightened their grip in the second mm. half, didn't they? Yeah. Too much experience, too yeah. much. But in many ways, <clears throat> the loss of Sexton, even though it, it it robbed the game and Hogg, it robbed the game of two world class players. Yeah. It's probably no bad thing for Ireland because, you know, thinking ahead to the World Cup, you know, as, as Michael's already said, they do need to work out a plan for when, you know, he's injured or. You know when he stops playing, and and they mm. they went out the World Cup in the quarter final last time round because Johnny Sexton wasn't playing. 
mm. and I don't think Joe Schmidt is going to make that same mistake. No, and, well, he got Carberry now. That's and Carberry looks re- all right. Recovered well, didn't yeah. he, from an intercept? Um, <laughs> you know, to really impose himself on the game. Yeah. So uh, also yeah. Scotland sort of made a few basic errors that on another day they probably wouldn't that aided aided Ireland and gave them a bit of momentum. Mm. But I think you know there was also. <laughs> There was quite a bit of pressure on Ireland to come back because yeah. the, I was over in Dublin a few weeks before the first game and the, the expectation of the public there, they were quite confident. Oh, you know, being we were in, being in Dublin the day before the game, you yeah. were there, Lawrence, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, I was. I'd, yeah. I'd never experienced it like it. That, that mm. sort of... Uh, you, you, it, it wasn't arrogance, but no, but, right. but there was a real expectation, yeah. and I mean, there was a lot of humour involved as well. But, yes, yeah. but not, there not, was a lot of pressure on the team to play. Well, yeah. they almost expected them to win. Not, not easy being being the favourites, is it? No. You know, not, I mean, just, just ask the All Blacks. I mean, it's not it's not no. easy because everyone plays their best game against you, and they you know they are the hunted, and and uh, I think in hindsight, you know, would Joe Schmidt have picked a different fullback now I mean that was again ruthlessly yeah. exposed um, you know I'm not suggesting that you know it's it, it, anything against him as a coach he's a superb world class coach but and he has his reasons but yeah. you know he obviously doesn't trust, trust you know Jordan Lama does he because uh, you know to pick a guy who's never played fullback well he has played fullback yeah. but 35 tests ago mm. um, you know was it's a big call was a big call and it was one that unfortunately for Ireland backfired yeah, and Lama's the sort of the, the the great young thing of world rugby, yeah. but as you say, Schmidt is so on it and and so yeah. so risk averse. At least yeah. you would have called him risk averse before he put Robbie Henshaw at fifteen. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think want to, I don't didn't want to trust him. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's I'm not. It's not a slight against any of the Ireland players. I just think it's it's what it the message it sent to England. You know, we're yeah. we're, we're playing so well, we can even pick a guy out of position and beat you. You know, yes, that, that, yes. that's that's certainly the way I look. I would look at it, and I'm sure that's the way. Owen Farrell and, and, and Ben Youngs looked at it as well. Lawrence, you, you were saying before we started that it's been um, it's it's been a pleasant experience for you in the commentary booth because it hasn't been quite that way for a few for a couple of years. Yeah, well, I'm obviously completely impartial and neutral, as you know. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that comes across. Yeah. I meant that it's been a it's been a challenging in the big mm. games. For if you're an England fan, you know, I'm thinking back to 2015 in the World Cup when I was commentating on the England Wales game at Twickenham. And, you know, we did a magnificent job in hosting that tournament. Mm. I thought, you know, and I'm not sure it ever quite got the credit that it deserved because of the spectacular failure of, yeah. of the national mm. side. Yeah. But as a tournament itself, it, the, sta- the, the stage was set, you know what I mean? The, the only people that forgot to turn up were the, were the team. And, and, and when you're commentating on that, it's, it's tough, you know, it really is tough. And watching everything melt in front of you. And, and I've been there as a player, as, as Michael has, and... and it, Trying to articulate that in the heat at the moment is really, really challenging. You know, when we're going for the, when we're going for the corner and not the posts, which I've done a couple of times as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then to see it, to see it all, all over again against Australia the following week, uh, they, they weren't the best two weeks of my life because, nah. regardless, of, you know, I'm not one of these guys that I, I want my, my national team to, to perform brilliantly and I want players to be household names and for the right reasons and play spectacularly well. Hmm. So commentating and biting your tongue at the same time—that's not an easy, yeah. an easy position to be in. Well, but you, you, you've done had that, Michael, as well. When you've been commentating on Australia, well, you've had good, you've had good days and bad days. I've had a lot of bad days recently, but it's sort of, um, yeah, you've all, you've got to sort of, okay, everybody knows you're Australian or English or whatever it is, so therefore you obviously want your team to do well. But you sort of sit there, you're employed to read the game and try and explain the game to the people at home, or. Yeah. or, or or, you know, describe the game at home. And if I'm, a, I'm not a cheer, I'm not employed to be a cheerleader of the Australian team. I'm yeah. employed to be somebody there that can actually talk about the game in yeah. supposedly a knowledgeable sort of yeah. way. 
you try to do that as much yeah, as possible. Yeah, and, and you've got to you've got to applaud and and yeah. uh, and herald. You know, and when when good players do great things on the field, right. you know that, that, that whether they're English or whether they're Australian or Welsh or you know that is to be admired and yeah. and, and enjoyed, and, and hopefully we try and bring that to life. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, you sort of. I've, I'm a long time out of the game, so it's a lot easier. The longer you're out of the game, the easier it is. But if you're still playing with friends, you know, people, if you're still commentating with people you played, yeah, it's pretty tough. This is the ruck, and we'll be back in a second. Voiceover describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. Voiceover on settings, so you can navigate it just by listening. Books. Contacts. Calendar. Double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to The Rut. Now, we are going to Sarah Hunter, the England captain, who I understand is at a leisure centre in Doncaster. After a really impressive 41-26 victory for England over France yesterday uh, in the uh, Women's Six Nations, England leading that tournament. England uh, were beaten by France last year and were 24-0 up yesterday. France got going into the game later. Uh, So, Sarah, well done to you. Um, uh, y- your thoughts uh, from the weekend I- I- in your brilliance of a uh, uh, th- three-point analysis. So, um, first and foremost, I think obviously being um, part of the England side was, was that game that you've just spoken about. I think it was obviously a big game of the of the Six Nations for us, and I, I think the way we came out as a team and sort of imposed ourselves on on the game um, and went into half time with a bonus point already in the bag and it was like well how do we come out second half and and back that up knowing that France are very good and they will come out and they will come back at us and uh, sure enough they they did that getting early points on the on the board second half but you know I think right from the minute one uh, we knew that technically and tactically like if we we would come to the party, but we actually had to bring a bit more than that. You know, that the mindset, the desire to, to want to go and um, win those one-on-one battles, win the one percenters and, you know, put your body on your line uh, for your teammates. Uh, we, we needed that. And I think that ultimately is what, 
what won us the game because we, we certainly did that right from the whistle. I'm kind of thinking that that, that that was the game and the performance that you've really been thinking about primarily for quite a long time, especially after last year. We've obviously were very disappointed from the, the Six Nations last year, especially in, in the manner in which we lost that game in France sort of right at, at the death. Um, and then since then, I don't think we've actually found our way. You know, at, at times in games we, we've played well, um, but we've been in this process of rebuilding with, with new players coming in, players coming back from from sevens, you know, and I think there was there was a sense in the last few weeks that actually, if we got it right, we could put in quite a special performance, and I think we certainly did that in the first half. Second half, I think, if you've seen our circle at the end, we would have been a little bit flat, I think, because of the way in which France finished. They obviously came back and they got that, that fourth tie and the, the bonus point, and there'll be elements of of the game that we look at and we'll have to we'll have to address and have to, to work on because um we know as we, we go on through the Six Nations and through on um and we build to twenty twenty one that we're gonna come up and we're gonna have um tougher games where we we can't do what we did um yesterday and and allow a team like France back into the game. But that, I suppose, always in a way is a positive, isn't it? In, in that you, you've had such a commanding victory yet come away uh, with a slight sense of disappointment or rather could, could do better where you could do better. Moving on, uh, Italy? Yeah, Italy up to, to second table. I think um, it just shows you um, where the Women's Six Nations is. That um, If people looked at it, they probably wouldn't necessarily think um, Italy would, would be up there, but it shows you the strength and depth that they've they've um, got within their team and they've really developed over the, the last few years that actually they they are contenders and on, on their day they can they can beat anyone and um, they will probably be disappointed with their three-all draw against Wales at home having gone to Scotland and, and won there um, but they are certainly a team that are, are growing and, and getting better and I think beforehand you would probably have put England, France in, in the top two Um now it's whether Italy can can maintain that position they're in with the games that they've they've got coming up and 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 stay in there and and really challenge for sort of the top spots where a few years ago they were they were wooden spoon um, contenders. So you know it's it's a, a real sign of how they're progressing in their in their rugby. Mm-hmm. Would you would you say that they would be your biggest threat at this stage for your last three games? I think um, obviously we'd be doing a disservice if we didn't look and think sure. about our, our next game, which is Wales, and playing the Welsh at, in Cardiff is always a, a difficult um, uh, thing to, to go and do. Uh, so that that's where our focus is. But you know, Italy are a bit of a bogey side for us when we don't know. We, we have very tough games against them, and our performances against Italy are somewhat um, like wavering a little bit at times. So so we know that um, yeah. They'll be uh, a difficult prospect when we come across them, but you know we, we have to turn our focus to, to Wales first and foremost before we start thinking about Italy. Congratulations on on a on a wonderful uh, victory yesterday. Um, I just had a, a quick question. Given that this is the first championship that you guys have played with fully professional contracts, um, I just wonder, maybe unfairly, but there's certainly an expectation outside the squad that you know that you were going to go out and, and, and really perform. Has it been discussed inside the squad at all you know is there, is there a little bit more pressure do you feel or, or do you just go out and play as, as you would normally 
Yeah, I think um, obviously externally there's, there's everyone, oh, you're professional now, you, you've got to go and win win games and win tournaments. And, but that that's something we've set out right from the beginning, whether we've been professional or, or not. And I think the pressure that we have within ourselves comes from um, wanting to perform regardless of whether we're full-time or, or not. So we, we haven't talked about that within our squad. What, what we've talked about is how we can how we can get better and how we can keep raising um, the standard of, of our game. And obviously, being professional does help us and allow us to, to do that. You know, the rest and recovery time is is probably the biggest thing that will will um, pay dividends for us because actually when we come to, to do our, our sessions, we're, you know, we'll be hopefully rested um, and, and ready to, to go again, you know, whereas before that juggle between life, rugby, work balance w- was pretty difficult and, yeah, sure. and obviously some teams are, are still having to, to do that. On the ground yesterday, did you enjoy playing at Doncaster? It was a pretty big crowd there and good atmosphere. It must have been good fun. Oh yeah, it was brilliant. You know, um, going on the road, I think is is really important for for us as a, as a team because we're still um, we're still growing our fan base. We're still exposing our our game to mm. to new audiences across the country. And and you know, there's a real hotbed of of women and girls rugby in, in Yorkshire, and you could you could definitely sense that sense that yesterday. Some people talk about taking the game out of London or or taking it to a, a smaller venue, but we're very aware at the moment of of where we are within within uh, like our, our, our fan base and spectators. And mm. actually, let's go to a, a smaller ground at the minute, and and we can sell out um, the ground and get a great atmosphere rather than going to a stadium and maybe getting one stand full and it doesn't look that great on TV because yeah. of the camera angles. You know, people watching it could sense and probably feel that the atmosphere that was at Doncaster yesterday and, and we certainly felt that out on the pitch you know it, it's great that when tries are being scored or you know there's a big hit and the run from the crowd comes up or you can he- hear swing low sweet chariot around around the around the ground you know that that does really lift um a team and you know that's that makes difference about playing at home you know when you can sense that you've got the majority of the fans on your side helping you through so yeah, it's it's great, and we're off to Sandy Park, so hopefully we'll get the same down in down in Exeter as well, and and just showcase and expose what um, a great game we're we're playing at the minute. Excellent, Sarah. And some thoughts on Ireland back to winning ways. They would have been happy to to go to Scotland. You know, Scotland are, are a side that um, are, are really pushing. You know, to the the changes within um, their their expectations, and they've got some great players and to, to go to Scotland on a Friday night in the wet and wind you know is, a, is difficult but I think Ireland would have been hurting from uh, the game they played against us and you know that they're in a bit of a, a transition time and hearing them speak after the game um, that we played and you know they, they had real sights set on going and, and turning things uh, around and, and putting in a good performance to, to get back to winning ways and get their Six Nations um, back on track because they're a side that um, will will build momentum through confidence in, in playing. So you know, it, it was great to see them um, get off to get their winning ways back on back on track and them building through the the Six Nations. And you know, they had some standout performances in that game with Anna Kapis getting man of the match with like double figures in ball carries, tackles, like 
the meters to make so you know there's some real key performances that will will hopefully set them on their way now for the rest of the excellent hey sarah listen many congratulations uh thank you very much for coming on and we'll be talking to you again in a fortnight's time i believe we uh finished the ruck off as usual today with our uh, god goddess of the week uh lawrence you want to go first oh you've been very kind letting me go first <laughs> i mean it has to be Johnny May, really. He is the god of uh, English rugby, the most improved player, I think, in, in the international game. Uh, a supreme display of finishing for his hat-trick. And uh, the way he beat Pernod just from a standing start was incredible. So he gets the, the god of the week. Very good. Michael. Yeah, well, um, going second in this, I'll have to find somebody else. But uh, <laughs> I'm actually going for his boss. I'm going to put Eddie Jones down because the last two weeks I've just felt that he's tactically um, got everything right. He's used his team very well. He's got them all on the same page and playing very nicely. And after the, you know, the real sort of doldrums that he and his team went through over the last 12 months or so. I just think to bounce back and play like the way they're playing and in different ways in the two games so far, I think it's been a tactical and coaching masterpiece. So Eddie gets my God of the Week. Well, very good. Eddie was actually officially named God of the Week last week, so I'm, I'm not, not oh, really? prepared to let that happen twice in a row. <laughs> um, I'll tell you who my God of the Week is. It's just mm. because... I, I don't think he's got got mentioned enough. We have briefly touched on him. I've, Mark Wilson the last couple of weeks. Mm, yeah. I mean, he, he has come from a long way yep. back and he will go to the World Cup and he might even start in the big games now. I think he's been wonderful. Yeah, yeah but, I agree. Um, he's been, he has been great. But we'll we'll let Lawrence go with this one. Um, he picked the man of the match yesterday and he can have the God of the Week, the same, same man oh. this week, Johnny, mate. He's I, just I, justifying I, his decision, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, as it's my uh, podcast debut, uh, a yeah, right, well, fair enough. Debut. we want to make him feel that way. You're obviously trying to woo me to come back again. That's really. right. Oh, all right, should we get our diaries now? Then? <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> Lawrence, thanks so much for coming on. Really good to have you here. Michael, as ever, great to have Jeez, you here. On. We'll be back next week it's a great six nations uh please listen next monday thanks for joining as you're listening to me daisy apple's iphone disassembly robot is dismantling an iphone into lots of recyclable parts that's how apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods thanks daisy there's more to iphone Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.